Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes have returned to Neverwinter victorious in defeating the Yugoloth. After an evening of well-deserved rest, pampering, and chatting with friends, they now wake up the next morning back at the Temple of Integrity. They've been told to contact Carissa this morning to receive instructions on what to do next so they can finish the quest to destroy the amulet tied to Travancore's family. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. Tonight, I have pulled out a little bit more of the Smirkin Beard Mead, which I had a bunch of a while ago, and then I kind of got off of the sweet kick for drinks, and now I'm back. So I just have a little bit, it's just a nice taste, a nice little taste and some water, and I just wanted to have something dessert-y for all the sweet times that I get to hang out with all of you. Aww. Aww. Travancore, what you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Corona Light. Three months in, what? someone's finally making a Corona joke. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> a- as we transition it's fine. It's here, fine. It's fine. here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, from uh, from the red phase to the yellow phase, um, people are treating Corona as if it's light, so I thought to myself, why not drink it? Also, my wife wanted it and to try it out, and that's all we have. Cheers. Is Pennsylvania a Commonwealth? Yeah, along with Virginia, oh. Kentucky, and yeah. I think the other one. It's Virginia, Kentucky. I knew Virginia, Kentucky. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I love how you both said that as though you were singing an Animaniac song. Like, I w- which not surprise me that Animaniac put on a song. A very short Animaniac song. Five if you can... include Puerto Rico. That's a whole other thing. Puerto Rico is, it should be a state. Should but be. That, we are not going to get into that because we don't have time because. Puerto Rico should have self-determination. It should absolutely how was your corona light slight beer it's refreshing it's a really hot day so it's actually a good choice it pairs well i've gotten i guess i'm moving in a more lager lagered wordly direction with my beer so you're becoming a lumberjack i, I suppose um well <laughs> a lumberjack del sir i guess but uh but yeah, I mean, it's light beer, too, so it's not too heavy, not too filling, and I'll probably fish another one halfway through this uh, recording. Cheers. Cheers. I'm sorry. I just cracked myself up at my stupid, dumb joke, and now I'm going to be laughing about that forever. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight, I have a new entry into the Seltzer Slam? I don't know exactly what we want to call that. Seltzer sure. Kerfuffle, if you will. Ooh, uh, I, I like her I like Seltzer Slam because we already have a wrestling fan and the alliteration is nice. Fair. But Kerfuffle. What we have tonight is <laughs> Seltzer Skirmish. Truly... Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Okay, Seltzer Skirmish. There we go. Seltzer Skirmish. So we have a truly hard lemonade cider. I've never uh, seen it all black, but can this curly before? Yeah, it's. Cool. It, I have never tried this. It was on. The uh, the thing for our grocery order. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And for the first time in a long time, I am having a live tasting. And oh. I can smell the lemonade. Uh, this is going to be really good or really bad. And? That's actually pretty good. Like, the thing with a lot of seltzers is that they are 
seltzery and you get a little bit of the flavor, but they're seltzers, so they're just kind of plain. This actually has a pretty good lemon flavor, like lemonade flavor. Mm. So, yeah, I recommend this. Hell yeah. Worthy of the fancy can. Worthy of the fancy can. It is a nice can. And um, tonight, shot a fireball. Uh, it'll be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. It's dedicated to. This might be kind of a um, kind of a sidestep or or not a direct kind of thing, but there's a lot of people that I'd want to dedicate this this fireball shot to. Uh, there are people out uh, making our voices heard, helping people make those voices heard. There are people giving money, and there's all sorts of good right now combating a lot of evil but to bring it down and to and to bring it into sort of like condense it into a package that is appropriate for us uh, especially uh, i'm dedicating this to the community managers out there who are helping to make our spaces safe uh, who are fighting racists who are educating who are making uh, pointing their uh, people to good causes and and people just generally making it, making the world a better place as we, as we take in everything and, uh, and they help our, at least our digital lives be a bit, a little bit more fair. And I'm talking, for example, Jackie over at the Rooster Teeth community, who is amazing. Chelsea, again, uh, amazing over at Rooster Teeth, but very specifically our own Lauren, who is the community manager for D&D Beyond, uh, who does an amazing job every day, not just not just herding us cats through an awesome adventure, but she she actually uh, helps people with their D&D games and helps people feel safe in the D&D Beyond community. So, Lauren, thank you. This is for you. Well, thank you. I will I will add to that. I can't speak for any other community managers, but I know I'm pretty positive they would all say the same thing, which is I have an awesome team and I don't do this alone and I couldn't do this alone. So I'll pass your cheers on to my squad. Because they're awesome. Uh, before I cry, Bernie, what are you drinking? I have um, something new because we did our, uh, I'm sure many of you are doing this, where you're stocking up and waiting and waiting for it to dwindle. And we went to the LCVO, uh, which weirdly, I got to say, it's like the safest shopping experience in terms of COVID. <laughs> they let five people in the store at a time. And they are like, they spray you with hand sanitizer when you enter and when you leave. Like your hands, but... So, like, shout out to the LCBO for even as, um, I think even as, like, people are feeling more complacent, they are continuing to actively make sure that their space is as safe as possible for both their customers and, more importantly, their employees. So, I think that's really important to recognize. So, today I have, we went in and we got some Ontario beer, and today I'm trying something new. It's from the Refined Fool Brewing Company in... Sarnia, Ontario, and it is a cherry troll. And I thought, how D and D does that much more D and D can this get? We can okay, that's adorable. Here. It's a cherry cream ale. I have no clue if it's gonna be good. We're gonna try it. I don't know that. I don't know about a cherry cream ale. Cherry cream sounds good. It so smells good. Yeah. Got it in my nice beer mug. I'm doing a shit job pouring this. In case That's anybody right. was hoping for like visuals, this is just gonna be foam for days, audio though. medium, and I'm glad we're glad for it. <laughs> yeah, they also know we maybe I'll just while that settles, I'll take a swig from the can. There you go. Um, needs a second tasting, maybe needs a second taste. I got a lot of can in that, like a lot of metallic, 
And so it was basically metallic and hops. And I'm not sure I tasted creaminess or cherries in there. So let's... uh, We'll put a pin in that. It's better out. It's better from the cup. Okay, it's still pretty good. hoppy. Like I, I, I guess the thing is, like they're like light and refreshing cream ale balances subtle malt and hop character. I wouldn't call that subtle. I would. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Like I, I, like it's. I will. I, there's other things by Refined Fool I want to try. Well, it might, just, it might grow on you. This, I think, the hop to me is really overpowering, and I don't chase cherry or creamy. Like refined is not the word I would. But it's a very pretty cake. Their art is on point. Well, as as Bernie continues to make her way through and and hopes to find the cherry in and amongst all of that hoppiness, Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, well, there's no cherry in my drink uh, because I am drinking Waterloo coconut flavored sparkling water. It's basically like fizzy coconut water. Uh, but yeah, Katie and I are back on Whole30, so next month is going to be a lot of flavored water, so, y'all. And nothing wrong with that. That's that's what's in my other larger cup here. It's a lot of flavored water. So so cheers unto all of you and, and cheers unto this morning. Some of you spent a good chunk of the day of the evening at a spa. Uh, one of you spent a good chunk of the evening chatting with a friend and watching her participate at the Fist and Cheer. All of you ended up back at the Temple to Integrity to have a long, well-earned rest. Ellie Belly is not there, so it was just the four of you in the the room and your your friend upstairs. And you even sleep in just a little bit. Not not too long, but as the sun is up and you are all feeling mostly recovered from the day's events yesterday and also maybe you all learned something as you're all now level 15 <laughs> Woo! Which we we didn't go into maybe we'll go into it another time because 15 isn't as exciting for some characters as is, is for others but if there is something you want to call out let me know otherwise you are waking up this morning it is the 26th of Alderic. what would you like to do is that a holiday? No, it's just, <laughs> it's Alderic just another day. Is the, Alderic is the month in the Faerun calendar, and uh, it is the 26th of that month. Well, you the said next... like there was like a feast day. It was like a oh. plum. Uh, but it is actually a pretty uh, pretty important day because Jonathan the Metromuscular wants to find and see if Carlton is awake. Carlton is awake, and the first thing he wants to do is say, hey, Bernie, 181 yeah. hit points now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what an esoteric way for Carl- Carlton to talk about his average health. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, sorry. I-, I was having a weird dream where my life vitality was measured in numbers. <laughs> What's up, bud? Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go up to Carlton and he's going to say, Carlton, I need you to sit down with me for a second. All right, where are we sitting? Anywhere. Don't matter. All sit right. down at this table here. Sure. Yep. Pop squat. All right. So... Jonathan the Megamuscular has noticed that there are aspects of the party that everyone can improve, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that that we all do very well and some things that we don't do very well. Like we all have a role, essentially. Sort of, yeah. Right, like I'm the alpha. Sure. Jonathan the Megamuscular (laughs) is no stranger. Somewhere far away you hear Barry go, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> Jonathan the Muscular is no stranger to mind control. And I know 
that Carlton, you have also had some issues with people entering your brain. And I, I like to call it forcefully making friends. Making making a little omelet out of it. Yeah. Well, today, uh huh. Maybe there's something we can do about it. Yeah, what's that? Jonathan the Magimuscular is gonna is going to very quickly like put his hand on Carlton's forehead, a preacher, like shitty preacher like, and he is going to say Chok Tun Hackbok, Chok Tok Quang. Is that Klingon? Well, yeah, that's my first it's thought. That's definitely Klingon. It's it's a I could not find an elven or or draconic or anything that sounded good for this. Anytime I did this, the word mind or blank ended up in the translation instead of some nice, like, flowery elven word or some harsh draconic word. So I went to Klingon and we're pretending that's draconic. I love it. I 100% agree with this. Please continue. Canon resolved. And <laughs> Carlton, you feel you almost as if, like, a shield appears over your brain. And you, Carlton Tanks, is now under the mind blank spell. I start tapping my head, like, oh. And then I accidentally punch myself in the face, like, oh, this is great. So, so since this is a new spell, why don't you go ahead and rattle this off for our listeners at home? Gladly. And for Carlton. Until this, <laughs> it is a, a casting time of one action. It's a touch range. It is verbal and somatic. And it lasts for 24 hours. And it is not concentration. Until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch is immune to psychic damage. Any effect that would sense its emotions, read its thoughts, divination spells, and the charm condition. The spell even foils wish spells and spells or effects of similar power used to affect the target's mind or gain information about the target. You, my friend, as long as you're under this spell, cannot be mind controlled. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm nobody's puppet. He can't be... Charmed. Charmed, which is usually... It's, it's a good chunk of the This spell puts you under charmed, and then yes. while you're charmed, this is... It is a, a giant chunk of the ways to be mind-controlled, that is for sure. Also, the psychic damage is pretty the good. Is, not, you're immune to psychic damage, too. That's one of the few things he can't... That's one of the things he can't have with his rage, so that's yep. also a good thing. I've been working on this for a little while. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular felt that Honestly, Jonathan Magimuscular was going to use it on himself, but Carlton, having it on you, I think benefits a lot more people. So, there you go. Yeah, well, thanks. This, this is great. I got, like, a helmet for my head. Since you don't... That's literally what a helmet is, but that's okay. But uh, we just have to remember to do this every morning. Okay, yeah. It's like uh, our pre-coffee ritual. Oh, and that's an 8th level spell, so fireball shot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Starting off strong. Whew! All right, you all watch as Jonathan casts a spell and does this to... I'm going to say, since you didn't go off on your own, you're all right there, that, yeah, you all know what he just did. Is this like we're sitting here eating breakfast, watching this happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say, like, the, the very next thing to happen is you all went to have breakfast in the tiny little kitchen. And yeah, it is the morning. Bernie leans over to Cleo and says, That's cool, but I can make an earthquake now. Why, why does it gotta be a competition always? I mean, that's cool. What he did is cool. It's like different coolnesses, right? Cleo, I've explained this to you for most of our lives together. Everything is a competition. All right. Well, I don't know how you're supposed to balance out 
uh, can't be taken over and no psychic damage versus an earthquake. That seems like d- apples and bananas to me. Bananas are definitively better than apples. See, <laughs> we're not gonna have this. We're not gonna have this argument. And then Cleo side eyes Travancore. Oh shit! I forgot. She saved my life many times. She's allowed to be wrong about a few things. <laughs> See, now that's a smart man right there. Have you ever had a red delicious apple? It's one of the greatest blasphemies known to to man. It is. Red, but it is not delicious. I'm sorry, Bernie. I'm gonna say this as someone who has spent a lot of time here in Neverwinter, there are way bigger blasphemies, trust me. Anyway, what are y'all <laughs> up to today now that I'm, I'm hoping that means this business of yours is all taken care of? Uh, it's uh, where you know we've gotten over a major hurdle and we probably got a hundred yards left to go. Okay, uh, spe- all right. speaking of which, we like to call it failing upward. We no, we succeeded. We actually killed that guy. Shadow killed that guy. Shadow killed that guy. Shadow just kind of preens. <laughs> Cleo scratches behind his ear. <laughs> Jonathan flanks and gets advantage on his scratching. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular, though, to that end, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular puts his fists together and casts. Uh, since it is now officially after breakfast, cast sending. All right. I think I know who you're sending to, but for the sake of propriety. And he tells Carissa Kinneborough, we are uh, ready for instructions. You receive an answer pretty immediately. You hear her voice. Go see Vanwalda Wyvernsbane. If asked, she's requested to teleport to Mirabar as soon as possible to give her account in person. She knows more. Oh, so she's in Mirabar. Okay, good to know. No, if you're going to go see her in the... The indication of this is to go see her in uh, the camp. Oh, but if we're going to teleport... If asked. Yeah, if asked, she's requested to teleport to Mirabar. Okay, so don't teleport to the the camp. Teleport to Mirabar, and then... No, we teleport to camp and tell her to go to Mirabar. I'm confused. Who's on first? If asked, she's requested to teleport to Mirabar as soon as possible to give her account in person. She knows more. Is I what think we're about to be put on trial. <laughs> Why would we put on trial? So Jonathan the Match Muscular will... He's smart. He's smarter than I am right now. So He, he is would... way smarter than all of us put right. together. So he is going to relay the message as is, as you have just said it. And then say, so I think we teleport to the the mines camp right outside. We go see her. Then we go to. Then she's gonna go to Mirabar. So you know the the pretense of you leaving was that you were delivering a report on the incidents that happened. Right when the the ultralox uh, showed up. That's right. Yeah. And so her saying. To give her account in person in Mirabar, essentially, that that makes it sound like you're going to show up and you're going to tell people, if asked, she's requested to teleport to Mirabar as soon as possible to give her account in person. So we're oh, showing I up see. in front of the guys so, that we're taking her to Mirabar. Got she it. knows and so more. When she, yeah. Oh, got it. Hearing all this, Trevancore sort of takes some time to drop some forms <laughs> in triplicate. Yeah, we use Bernie's. That's what we do over breakfast. We use Bernie has like a 
like a forgery kit. She's proficient in making fakes. I'm going to say between the two of you working together and uh, Bernie's forgery kit and being proficient in it, you can draft up as many very legalese documents as you would like without a problem. Saying pretty much anything that you want. Cleo helps because because that this is something that is part of their their childhood together is Bernie's uh bad bad news bears-ness. Jonathan the Metamuscular looks over to Travancore's shoulder and says, Did you use synergy three times in this document? I've I've dealt with bureaucracies before. The Okay. Uh, the more pliable the word, the better. So yeah. You are able to to do this without a problem. Increase efforts is in there 16 times. Yeah, I think in there, at some point, it says, aspire to endeavor to achieve synergy and cross <laughs> global ideas, viable solutions in a globalized marketplace of ideas. There are eight of you oh, that will understand what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that matters. I need to sing a Weird Al Yankovic song right now, but I'm not going to. All right. Well, that all looks really boring. That's the point. The yes, more bored it, they are, the less they pay attention to the what's The sooner their eyes glaze over, the safer we are. Oh. Listen, I know kind of what you're doing, and I'm impressed and I'm glazed over, so you did a really good job. Hmm. Well, uh, I've got a, a seventh level spell slot uh, in my pocket burning that'll get us to, uh, to the camp. So do we want to leave right away? Or, or did, did, did Carissa say... To, Chris sent a message today, but we're not supposed to teleport in until tomorrow, right? All she said was to message today and she would give you more instructions. And those were the instructions. Go okay. see Van Wolde Wyvern's Bane. Okay. All right. Well, we can leave at any time. Yep. Travancore course saves his progress. <sighs> uh, I asked for her to go cup for the bacon. You say that, Carlton, and Cleo looks at you and they say like we have any bacon left the four you eat eat like eight people we don't have any bacon left there's no bacon to go jonathan makes a protein fart four plus a dog plus a bear and that owl can fit that owl is bigger on the inside and and the carlton eats for two anyway so that's eight but looks up with a like a like good two inch of bacon in his beak and then he sips up and it all just disappears but we're glad to leave money for groceries no you don't have to leave any money for groceries it's fine i i got plenty we've got deals with most of the the grocers in town it's just i think it's cute you think you're leaving with like a to-go bag like i got anything left to go you got a full tummy to go but i'll be hungry later later you're gonna have to make your own bacon let's go breakfast is on me next time we have it True fact, one time one of my coworkers found a piece of bacon in an apron for our historic site that she hadn't worn in over four months and she ate it. Oh! <laughs> she ate it. That's Listen, the next level Carlton shit. As the resident Jew it. of this group, I'm going to say nothing. What she would you ate like it. to do? She fucking ate it. Like, no big. Like, no big deal. Just, what happened to her? I mean, I think, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it, it didn't Not get more kosher over time. And how long was she in the hospital for? Nine times. Nine times. Did her vision return? Um, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is actually gonna leave six, six gold in the uh, uh, the poor box. Okay. 
You get and two like, little mice come out and thank you and take this. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, it's like those creepy, uh, not alarm clocks, those cl- creepy cuckoo doll, cuckoo clocks on the wall that have the thing that like comes out and does a little turnaround, but it's it's not a cute little bird. It's like a very creepy nutcracker with a face that you don't quite trust. This is like, ha! Oh, God. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, too. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Cleo notices, and her face very quickly sw- switches from slightly annoyed to appreciative. Like the, I told you not to do that, but, uh, well, I appreciate it anyway. It's that kind of very quick look, and then she will go down the line and hug you all, Bernie last. And as she pulls away from Bernie, they will say, all right, well, you keep in touch. You said you got that thing that you can talk in, in my mind. So I do have that thing. I can talk in your brain, and so can Jonathan. And now that I know, I won't be quite so freaked out, and I know you can only do that so many times a day, so I won't be upset if it doesn't happen every day, but, you know, if you can, keep in touch, okay? I will. I love you. And it was very nice to meet all of you. Likewise. Thanks for everything, Cleo. Don't let her give you too much guff, okay? Don't tell them that. That's too late. <laughs> I can tell them whatever I want. I'm I'm one of the chosen obey. <laughs> and she sticks her tongue out at you. I'm more chosen. Tabacor <laughs> <laughs> smiles and starts drawing a guff meter in his notepad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, where would you like to cast this spell? I'm assuming you're teleporting, right? Yes, and I assume that there is like a little courtyard yeah a little courtyard in the, in the abbey back. that we can go that's sort of outside-ish uh, or maybe it, an alley there is how much space do you need for teleport not i mean it's like it technically doesn't need 10 feet 10 feet yeah i was looking it up so i'm gonna say you can you could go outside and you'd probably be fine, but it's a work day and there's not there's not an alley and there's not enough space in the backyard because the backyard is taken up with uh, the covered up lemon tree and vegetable garden. So your best bet actually with it only needing essentially 10 feet is right inside this entranceway where the, the church actually is. Uh, you can push aside some of the chairs and, and get a nice chunk of space and that would kind of be the best thing because otherwise you're gonna get some stairs if you go out and do this in the middle of the street okay so jonathan the magic muscular is going to he is going to come outside and is like all right um well we haven't i don't think we've done this version of this spell before so we're all gonna learn something lavor and jonathan the magic muscular doesn't move his hands doesn't do anything else, just says that elvish word of power. And from him, a a little ball of energy just kind of opens up and engulfs everyone around him. And then and the ball collapses and we are off. So the camera hangs out in this, in the Temple of Integrity for a brief moment as Cleo watches you and disappear in this ball of energy. And uh, the camera sees them sniff a little bit and kind of smile a little wistfully and then immediately just start throwing pillows everywhere to kind of uh, get the the area back to its former slightly ruffled, slightly not perfect look. And it's very obvious that she is busying herself with work, even though she's she's a little sad to have seen you go. And the 
camera pans up and out and is going to fade on over to uh, Jonathan. Would you describe where you are trying to teleport the Heralds of Greenest to? Uh, we're going to go just down the road from the camp. So not right at the camp gates, but just like just over the hill. So, you know, we're not just appearing in front of a bunch of people. We're appearing just just a bit down the road. Okay, go ahead and roll a D100. Yay! <laughs> and I'm going to say you're not, because of the spot you've picked, which is, I will give you a very smart spot. You're not very familiar with it, but I'm going to give you more than seen casually. So let's see what happens. Oh, happened. no. Because you're oh, very familiar man. with the camp, but the road on the way to the camp. John, John. That'd be a 12. Are we dead? No, no. you're not dead. No, 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 Are no. We in, am I missing some limbs? Nope. So... Is my head on Carlton? Nope, you're fine. Here's what happens. With a 12, the camera pans down onto the camp, and you see dwarves milling about, preparing for their day, preparing to go into the mines, take care of things. Everything seems like a casual, very, very normal morning. It pans across to the big open courtyard where you actually now see uh, there are a couple of carts that are being loaded up with supplies to bring back to Mirabar. It looks like there is a shipment that is in the process of being finished up to leave. Pans down the road to the gates, the once broken gates with the unfortunately killed dwarves from the attack. Now freshly fixed and new guards standing there looking alert but not wary and down the road a little bit more and it hangs out on the spot that jonathan was thinking of for a little while for a little while longer and then back in the center of camp right in front of two very large horses preparing to pull a wagon full of precious metals and silver and things the group of you yes right in the oh fuck and you hear a dwarf who is sitting sitting in the driver's seat of this carriage, literally who is about to hit the reins. And you hear this dwarf in Dwarvish say, what the? And then he finishes his movement and the horses rear up and start to move because they are startled by you and startled by him. And they need you all to make dexterity saving throws. Wow. <laughs> this is better than the mishap, guys. This is better than the mishap. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is not Jonathan's day. Uh, hey, listen, I'd rather today not be my day than two days ago or whatever we had that fight. <laughs> this is true. All right, so let's go around the horn. Travancore and Shadow. Travancore got an 18. Shadow, I will let you know in a second, got a 19. Awesome. Bernie and I guess we're just doing Bernie because you're riding Coco Snoot, so. Well, yeah, we got a, we got a seven. All right. And Carlton? Uh, my split split second re- danger says reflexes made that a natural 20. <laughs> nice. And All right, Jonathan. so 23 total. Drink. Jonathan at Muscular actually snapped Bucks into his uh, extra dimensional space. For the trip, just to cut down on the number of people that we had. That makes sense. But Jonathan the Magic Muscular was all set on bringing Bucks back right away, so he did not see the horses, and he got it rolled a natural one, which sorts out to a three. 
Awesome. So I set the DC at the 12 that Jonathan rolled, which means, Bernie, you are face to face kind of with one of these horses because you are stand you are sitting on Coco Snoot and the horse rears up as it's being essentially told two conflicting things. There is a being it doesn't want to trample in front of it and there is a dwarf telling it go forward and so it, it kind of awkwardly steps over you and which is possible because we're together Cocos new night still not very big nope and these are massive horses like think Clydesdales with the big huge hooves and the shaggy hair uh, they are huge gorgeous animals not as gorgeous when uh, you take a horse to the knee. You are going to take five bludgeoning damage. What's your new age? Me? I take the five? Yeah. So you take five. Jonathan, you're going to take six. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, And tell me. Oh, no, you already did tell me why you got the one. It's, you're thinking about bucks. As uh, you're in front of the other horse, which... Also, it rears up and it kind of shoulder checks you because you're you're a little taller and you're standing. And so it kind of bumps into you. So not a ton of damage. But then the horses are startled and kind of whinny and trot for a little bit before they're pretty quickly under control by the dwarf who turns around and is like, yo, what the what are you doing? Just like appearing here in the middle of. What? Sorry. Oh my god. I Jonathan the Magimuscular is so sorry. Oh, bless Bay. God's break it. Ah. Uh, all right. Are you all okay? Uh Jonathan the Magimuscular is fine. You took one? Oh, uh, uh, he took six. six. Okay, I was gonna say I was gonna be mildly angry that I took more damage. <laughs> no, he took more because he he did worse. So Yes. Our, geez, sorry, sorry. Here in the uh, middle of the deal. Watch where you're teleporting, I, okay? I Come know, on, jeez. I know, jeez. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And he gives a a motion at you like, all right, fine, at least you're, you're apologizing. And he, he actually gets out of the seat to calm down the horses before moving forward. And uh, there are about a half a dozen dwarves who are all just staring at you. Some They all have bits of recognition on their face because uh, you were in camp for a little while, so they're not concerned they're not concerned in the who are you there's a couple who are concerned in the hold on a second and they also seem to obviously notice that you are not here with carissa i'm lisa chen and i host behold her a monthly podcast that shines a spotlight on women in the world of tabletop games there are so many women to behold in this amazing hobby, and our experiences as female gamers are as diverse as we are as individuals. Through one-on-one -on -one interviews, audio essays, and panel discussions, all centered around a monthly theme, the guests on Beholder share their unique stories as players, game masters, designers, artists, organizers, and so much more. Their words are inspiring, uplifting, and informative. Check out Behold Her Podcast wherever podcasts are found or visit BeholdHerPodcast.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. 
It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 12th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. G-O-O-P-U-R-D-E-F-A-D-E. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. We have some paperwork for you to sign. Where's your boss? And one of the dwarves points back at the office that you know uh, the overseer keeps. Van Wilde, Wyvern, Spain. We regret the interruption to your business day. Bureaucratic expediency demanded it. Bureaucracy, right? I mean, and Bertie's just gonna, like, she's gonna limp a little bit. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's his first time doing that spell. <laughs> Nobody's gonna stop you, but everybody's just kind of giving you a quizzical look. I mean, this is an entire mine mining facility of dwarves and they it's pretty obvious they don't see what just happened very often so uh no one's stopping you but they're all just giving you that look like oh i just witnessed weirdness and now they're still weird and brady's gonna go none of this is affecting the quarterly review as we mosey on towards the overseer's <laughs> office <laughs> None of mm. none of my compatriots fuck up is affecting your <laughs> review. <laughs> Don't mind us. Alright, you're heading to the overseer's office? Yeah. Alright, you head over there, you see the same uh young man who was manning the desk before. Um the door behind him to the overseer's office is open, and he sees you all enter and kind of nods quizzically recognizing you and says hold on a second pokes his head on in you hear in dwarvish a very quick conversation asking you all to be brought on in and once again you are all ushered in to the office of Van Wilde Wyvernsbane she is stoic but not unpleasant shakes all of your hands closes the door behind you hasn't yet done the lock that you're waiting on Bernie but stands by the door and says, uh, was there something I could help you with? Uh, and we repeat back the phrase that Carissa told us verbatim. Yeah, that one. You also, just we have those forms. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we got the forms. Travicore produces the forms. All right, as you pull out the forms and as you say you've been requested to teleport to Mirabar, she then reaches out and locks the door in that way that indicates that the, the room is now very secure. And nods and says, all right, I guess that makes a little more sense. I was informed this morning that you were going to be coming on by and you're going to be coming in hot. And apparently it's now up to me to get you to where you got to go. It's not the first time we've had to do this, but uh, it's a little little last minute, I got to say. Jonathan the Metamuscular apologizes for not only the snafu out there but also all of this um 
we have finished up a significant hurdle to this task, and we are looking to complete this task with all kinds of expediency, so we are completely out of your hair. We killed the thing that hurt you. Uh, yes, that too. That's good to know. I'm glad you're okay. All right, so here's the deal. We'll take advantage of the fact that you made that display because now everybody knows, you know, we, they saw you teleport out. They saw you teleport in. And so we got to figure out a way to convince them we've teleported out again. And then I'm going to take you myself through the tunnels. And when I come back, I'll just say I teleported back in. But I haven't been able to figure out a way to convince everybody that I've teleported off to Mirabar because that's the story we're telling is you brought the paperwork the people Mirabar want to hear what happened with all you from me and so I gotta go there and give my report which will just happen to be long enough for me to get you to the last bastion and get back Jonathan the Muscular, I think can help with that and I think Bernie can too does Jules Bernie has a thaumaturgy right Bernie does have thaumaturgy. We're going to do a team up here. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to make a sound with prestidigitation that sounds an awful lot like our teleport, uh, one a aspect of teleport. Uh, Bernie, if you could use your thaumaturgy to enhance and maybe add something to that. Yeah, I think that would, I think between us, we can, we can make it sound like a teleport happened in this office. Can you make it look? Because I would, I would prefer for some people to see us leave. If they just hear a sound in here, I don't. Most people know they're not supposed to be sneaking around in here, but I would prefer no one feel like they have to just to be safe. Like I want, I want people to think that I locked the door and left, not that I just went poof in here. Because someone's gonna get worried. So you, uh, let me see. Let me see what I got. Well, once we do that, we'll be scot-free because it's not that far we gotta go, but I haven't been able to come up with a plan for that yet. <sighs> I was just informed this morning and I was still trying to make sure I had all, all my paperwork in a row so I could be gone for a day. Okay. Some of these spells I don't think I really have because I apparently have Create Cheese Plate. Oh, that's mine. I'm sorry. You have all of my homebrew spells. <laughs> I, you okay, Lauren? This is the thing. I this is I now I, in uh, Bernie's repertoire. This is brought to you by Julia finally getting on D and D Beyond because she's weirdly bad at some technologies, and I am a slow adopter. I adopted create cheese plate is a spell Bernie has now. Sure. God if you want to keep it. It's you, you can now be the official playtester of Create Cheese Plate. Oh! Because <laughs> I just made that for fun. <laughs> you create a variety of cheese on the cutting on the cutting board within range, enough to satisfy up to six humanoids. The cheese is a variety of your choosing and spoils if uneaten after four hours. Anyone who eats some cheese gains five temporary hit points, gains advantage on the next intelligence check made in the next this is wonderful. There needs to be like a, a, a charcuterie companion spell. That's the upcast version. I feel version. like the cheese would be the divine <laughs> portion, and then the charcuterie board would be the arcane portion. So our, an arcanist and a diviner could team up for lunch. Or it would be like an upcast. Like if you cast this at a level five or above, you can add some meats of your choosing. <laughs> 
I'll consider that for version two of the spell. Anyway, you are trying to figure out how to fool a whole bunch of dwarves into believing you've teleported away. Okay, so it does the office have a window? It does, but they are shuttered at the moment. Okay, but so, so you're going to open your door and then we are going to fake teleport, right? Well, we can do this anywhere that you want. Like, we could do it here. We could do it outside. Any Anywhere that's going to make sense. I just need everybody here to think the reason I'm gone all day today and most of the night is that I'm in Mirabar. Once I come back, I'll just tell people that I got teleported back because that's happened before. And now that they've seen you do it, but I would prefer them to be really convinced just in case. I'm kind of covering... All possibilities here. Okay, so Jonathan the Match Muscular has a plan. I don't have any more big teleports left, but I have a couple of small ones. Unfortunately, they are only for me. However, if if everyone gets into the secret passage and then we open the door, but open it just enough to where all they can see is my back, then I do the humana humana humma press the digitation to make it look sound like more impressive than what it actually is you know little some sparks coming out the door that your that your assistant sees then i teleport myself into the secret passage and then we close the door real quick maybe even with bernie's thaumaturgy because that's something thaumaturgy can do and then nobody's in the room and someone saw a teleportation effect i don't know what y'all think I, if Jonathan has confidence in it, then I have confidence in it. I think Aww. it could work. I think. Although, Jonathan, you haven't been doing too hot today with the spells. Listen, I've used this one in combat before. This one can't fail like the big one can. Are we very sure of this? Do you want to go in the secret passage and look around just to make sure you know where you're going? Yeah, we don't want you to be halfway into a wall. No, it's no, fine. that'd be bad, especially these walls. It's fine. No, no, it's it's just it's just a step into the misty. It's it's okay. How how far away can you do that through solid objects, and how far away can you be? Uh I have to see where I'm going, and it can be thirty feet away. Oh, thirty feet. That might be a. You know what? Here, let me let me show you what we're dealing with, and maybe that'll help. And. So the office that you're in has been a very plain, small office. And you do know and you've noticed there's this door off to the right that I believe you know is her bedroom. It's come up and that you know that that's where the secret passage is. She unlocks and opens that door and leads you on in. And it is a, an austere, simple bedroom. There are no windows in this room. It is a dresser and what looks like a small personal chest. And what dominates the room is the bed, because it's a tiny little room. It is it is studio apartment-sized portion of the, the room. The bed itself is a raised slab of what looks like stone, just some simple stone, with then a mattress on top of it and a bunch of blankets. It's, it's mostly piles and piles and piles of blankets and pillows and a, a mattress and this stone just to basically get you off the ground bed. And you watch as she moves to the dresser and you don't... Actually, Travancore, what's your passive again? Your passive perception? 17. Does anyone have a higher than that? Nope, mine's a 15. 17 as well. Okay. Travancore and Carlton, you see enough. She pushes aside some clothing and she reaches him back and 
you don't see exactly what she does because it's all covered up with the clothing. And you also get the sense that with the way she's moving, she's very used to doing this in the stealthiest way possible. She's used to hiding her movements. But you do also hear a click. And then you hear a the sound. It's very faint. It's almost like wood scraping across wood. And then there's a very long pause. And then you hear another click. And on that second click, the stone slab of her bed raises up about a foot. And then just the foot of the bed raises up another foot. And it's slow, but it's silent. And you're not exactly sure what's what's causing it. And so about two feet get exposed at the bottom of this bed. Enough for those of you who might be larger than a dwarf to have to crawl. But you crawl into it. And when you look, you see that there is stairs leading down into darkness that you assume must be well below the ground. And she kind of motions to it and says, so I can close it from inside. But it's not a it's not like an immediate thing. We, it was built with security and safety and being as hard to figure out as possible. Mm-hmm. And not and being silent when it opened and closed, so nobody suspected anything. Because you know, I don't get any windows, but the walls are not the thickest. So the scrying will be kept out of here. I just want to make sure if someone comes looking, if someone gets worried in that moment, no one's gonna come looking and see the bed. Because I don't know if you know if you remember, but uh, except for uh, Carissa when she's here, I'm the only other one who knows about this. So. Right. It's up so, to me to keep this quiet. So I, I suggest, I have another suggestion. Travancore can give us extra stealth. Yep, pass without trace. So what we can do is with this open, we do our little teleporty trick. Instead, though, I'm going to teleport into this room. And immediately as I do that, we shut the door to the very quickly. Because all I need to do is see where I'm going. So we don't have to have the door open very far. And you shut the door because it's your bedroom, lock it. And as far as the, as far as your assistant is concerned, you've, we've teleported away. Meanwhile, you under the cover of stealth, we are entering the the entrance and then closing it. And it sounds pretty quiet. So as long as within the next minute or so after we do the teleportation, then as long as no one comes in. And tries to get into your bedroom, we'll be fine. What What about this? Your assistant is out there. Why don't we be like, you go to your assistant and say, hey, I need to go to tele- teleport to Mirabar. Make sure this, 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 and that gets done before I get back. And then you go and lock your door behind you. And then we do the the illusions, the the, the sounds and the lights and all that from a locked door. And you've just told your assistant, I'm teleporting out. Well, and have set stuff to do. So, are you going to leave your office open, office door open or closed? I'd prefer it closed, but for the sake of this plan, I was going to leave it open. And I was, and she looks over at Carlton and says, "I was thinking about doing something like what you were saying. It's not unknown for me to my assistant can come on in here, grab some paperwork, take care of a couple things. That's why I have both doors locked. So." I could come up with a reason for the door to be open, see the t- the teleport, but not be weirded out by the fact that the door is open. So I could do that. 
And then at least we got we got one person that the, the camp trusts who knows that we were in here and we left by magical special means. Right. Are there any teleportation spells that would produce a, a fog effect? No. Hmm. Not, well, not that I have left. And the only other teleportation spell I have requires a, uh, a teleportation circle to go to. Right. Okay. Well, if you can make us extra stealthy, that would be super helpful. Because as you saw, this is going to take like 30 seconds to get closed. So the quieter we are that nobody thinks we're just hiding in the bedroom for some reason, the better. I, I can make us stealthy. Stealthy would be good. I've made it this far by being hypervigilant about this. I know this seems like a lot. I don't really suspect anybody out there, but the reason I don't is because nobody suspects a thing. Right. Is, are there windows in the bedroom? No. There's no. windows okay, in the office, but there are not windows in the bedroom. It is tiny. Like, you all actually don't fit with Shadow in the bedroom. Like, Shadow would have to basically crawl on top of the bed in order for you all to fit. Well, and, and in this plan, people are already, like, preloading into, into it before, before we do the teleportation. If you think that'll work. Bernie, what do you got? I mean, I can do thaumaturgy to close the door, right? That was a plan? Uh, maybe to close, well. Like the, the, I guess not the bedroom door. I guess we don't have to do that. Right. What do you want me to do thaumaturgy for? I got. You can kind of enhance the uh, teleportation of the teleportation effect. I can cause flames to flicker, harmless tremors. An Ooh. instantaneous sound. I like the sound. I can make it go. I can go like. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Because I can't. I I can't do. I can do sort of that sound, but I think it would be better to do a visual effect to, like, to yeah. Okay. So, but in that way, we have teleportation. A team. Like this is the thing. Does teleportation usually cause any of those things? Because it's like the idea is, you want to mimic something that somebody who's any kind of familiar with teleportation expects. It definitely does the sound. So let's do the sound. Especially okay. when all of you leave. Uh, you're familiar enough with teleport to know that it's not that teleport makes the sound. It's the sudden absence of matter in a space being filled. It's the other... collapse of the air. Yeah. yeah. It goes like. Pretty much. Yeah. Bernie's going to make that sound. She's going to go. And then right at, during that sound, I misty step into the room. We stealthily close the door and then we're good. I like it. All right. It's a plan. We have a plan. Right. Give me give me your paperwork. And she holds out a hand. Okay. Yeah. We've got it. Travancore's got it. Yep. Travancore hands the paperwork over. She takes it. She kind of shuffles through it. Travancore, you can see she's got a practice die for this kind of thing. This is someone who has to deal with paperwork, officious, boring paperwork on a regular basis, and is practiced at not letting her eyes glaze over. Uh, and she nods appreciatively and says... Yeah, this will keep anyone from even thinking anything. Hold on a second. Uh, go get yourselves ready. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prime the pump, as it were. And okay. she walks out. And uh, as as you get ready, what she's gonna do is lay the paperwork out on her desk, put a few things away, lock her desk, grab a few things, grab a pack from behind her desk that she's got preset, put it over her shoulder, and you hear her and you watch her go to the front office, open the door, and she starts to converse with the dwarf out front. 
And it sounds like you're going to have about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, and where she's obviously giving very boring instructions to this this assistant. Uh, she's got to be gone. She's going to be gone for a day. Take care of this, this, this. Very kind of boring stuff. So in this minute or so, what would you like to do? Probably start making our way to get ready to go into the tunnel and just get prepared. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a scene. I assume what Jonathan does is Jonathan's going to come up and be like, yeah, let's do this. Like, we don't want to be moving the bed and all that as this event is going off. Like, we want to have that prepped and ready. She's yeah. she's left it open for you. So if anyone oh, wants right. to get into the tunnel already. Oh, yeah, Carlton will go in first then. Okay. Send in like, the bear crouch. as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're sending Carlton and the bear? Carlton and Wait. Shadow. Well, it's a new day. Yes, it is. I, I scoop myself back out, and I pull out the alchemy jug, and I go, mayo. And I, like, reach it, and I start slathering no, up. No, no, you don't <laughs> Oh, you don't no. need to do that. <laughs> now I fit in the tunnel better. I don't know if Pass Without Trace can, can, can mask the smell, the, the tangies no, of the miracle like, whip. No, it's because you were saying, like, it's sized for a dwarf, right? Well, it's it's open about three feet high, but it's, like, six, five, six feet wide. Like, the whole bed is raised up. It's just only... Only about three feet high. So you're going to have to get down on your hands and knees and crawl into it. And it'll be uncomfortable. Oh, but then it opens up? But then it'll... You don't know this until you go on in. But yes, then it will open up into a tunnel that can be traversed with comfort. We have... But you are now also covered in mayo right now. So (laughs) Shadow comes up and starts to lick you. Bernie's going to sigh and get ready to thaumaturge. Okay. It would be safe for Travancore to cast Pass the Trace now. Or do you want me to hold off until after Jonathan casts the spell? I think now would be the time to cast it, right? Yeah. Okay, I cast cast without trace. All right, Jonathan, you're out with with uh, the overseer. Uh, why don't we all like? Why don't we can you you can't target us if we're outside with that, right? Or is it just any time we're within thirty feet of you, we get the benefit? It's the benefit. I think it's what it happens is for the duration. You and companions protection. The range is gosh, up to an hour. I think it's the 30 feet. I'm trying to see where it's just the 30 feet on here. It doesn't have it in D&D Beyond. It should at the top 30 of- feet. Yeah, 30 feet yeah. within you. You're right. Okay, yeah. 30 feet within me. So it's a radius, I would assume. It is. Forward and backwards. Yeah. He is the center point of, of silence. Right. Okay. So we, yeah, you can you can cast it while we're not there. And then once, once Carissa comes in, she'll be under the influence of it. And then once I misty step in, then I'll be under the influence of it. So yeah, you're good pre-casting. Cool. All right, Travancore casts this. Are the bear and Carlton getting into the tunnel now, or are you waiting? Uh, I'm going to get into the tunnel to get out of the way. Okay. Yeah, I think Bernie's going to be last in, because, like, she's got to help. Okay. Yeah. Shadow will be, like, right at the entrance then, right behind Carlton. Okay. Shadow finishes licking the Miracle Whip off of Carlton. Carlton, you get down on all fours and crawl in. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, especially those first couple steps as you have to con- you have to crawl downstairs, which you can do. It's not like it's it's impossible or it takes a check, but it's really awkward. And everyone gets a, a nice view of the bottom of Carlton's feet and his butt as he makes his way down, shadow following you. And as you go downstairs, you the stairway actually goes for quite a while. It is a good story worth of stairs. Uh, stone stairs, very well cared for. The walls are stone. Once you get about four or five steps down, the ceiling opens up and it becomes comfortable for you to stand. And while it's not very wide, it's it's a comfortable walk. 
and you go down very deep into the earth before you hit you're not sure if it's a landing you're not sure if it's the the passage that you're supposed to take it is pitch black so all you can see are the bits of gray from your dark vision the actual tunnel that you land in is super smooth gray featureless stone there are no lights there's no sconces there's no nothing it's just a tunnel but yeah you and shadow both go down into there so jonathan is out with vanwalda vanwalda is finishing up giving instructions she's saying well i left the paperwork on the desk so if i contact you let me you know that's that's where it is i don't think you're gonna need to do anything but uh if you need any of those those reports from the the shipment that we just sent out that's in the top drawer everything else is locked you shouldn't need to take care of any anything her assistant is nodding in that yep i got this i got this i got this i got this she goes all right i'm gonna go do this teleport thing uh make make sure you've got some licorice for me on the way back you know that always makes me sick all right okay and she turns around and looks at you jonathan and says all right let's do this all right so evanwilda goes into her office Jonathan the Mad Mustard follows, stops at the at the like just inside the door where where his back can be seen by the assistant. Go ahead and roll me a perception check as you do that. All right. Natural 20. Nice. I have literally rolled a natural one followed by a natural 20. Yeah, welcome welcome to our world. With a natural 20, I'm going to say that you very clearly know as you turn, you're able to turn in just the right way that you can still kind of keep an eye out the door. And the assistant is there thumbing through some paperwork, but is definitely looking through the... the, uh, She's left the door open like a foot, like just enough that he can see you. And he's doing his best to not be obvious, but he's looking through that door. Okay. Excellent. And then as Benwalda goes into the bedroom and leaves that door ajar, Jonathan the Matchmuscular declares loudly, Lavor! And he casts Misty Step to enter, to teleport himself from that point to into the door. Okay. And And Bernie casts Thaumaturgy because she's standing like in the bedroom watching. She goes, Okay. Bernie, I need you to roll a performance check. I'll give you advantage because of Jonathan actually disappearing in front, it, it, quote unquote, in front of this guy. 13. It's a fairly convincing noise. It's the convincing noise of someone who's done a really good job making that noise with their mouth. So <laughs> it's like if you've tell like Jonathan, you arrive and hear the tail end of it. and You can kind of tell like Did you just make that noise with your mouth. <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. And he disappeared. Yeah, and he disappears. And he yep. So Jonathan the muscular make like closes the door, and then Ben and then he's like, and and she's she's motioning for all of you to go first so that she can be the last one in. All right, okay. and we do. We do so. Okay, and- I need stealth checks from everybody. It's okay. a plus ten, right? Plus ten to your normal stealth, yeah. So whatever your normal stealth is, add 10 to that. Oh, actually not bad this time. Not too shabby. 25. Oh, that's good, because Ven Wolden has no stealth. All right, so let's, let's go down. 23. Okay, so 23 from Bernie from Jonathan. 
Uh, I should have clarified. I don't need a stealth check from Shadow or Carlton because they're already down in the tunnel. These are only the people who are trying to... Well, that would have been a natural 20, so it would have been a 33. (laughs) You and Shadow are super quiet down there. You, you, You have even... Even you know what it is? It's the mayo. It really muffles our steps. It helps us move quietly, silently. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so, Jonathan? Uh, 25. And Travancore? 35. And Van Walda got a 9. Fortunately, this is a group check. And what I'm going to say is, Travancore, you were the last, you were the second last person. She was behind you. And she, on the way through, uh, under the bed is trying to find the correct place on the wall to activate the closing mechanism. And thanks to you, you're basically, like, she's unsteady for some reason. as She's feeling around on the wall. She's a little too frantic to be stealthy, but you're right there, and you're a calming presence, and you are just exuding quiet and calm and stealth. And so as she finds the place, which... Even to your keen eyes and dark vision, you don't actually see what she touches. It looks like she just finally puts her hand on the right place on the wall and the bed just starts to descend. And it takes about 30 seconds, but eventually that closes and you are all in pitch black darkness. So I thought about this for a moment after I used the alchemy jug. I forgot. You know what else it makes? Peanut butter. Actual oil. It makes that, too. <laughs> so I didn't have to, like, smother myself in mayo. I could have just used oil. Yes, but mayo is always more fun. <laughs> Fortunately, all of you have some way of navigating in pitch blackness. Even with your dark vision, though, it is dark. Uh, you can only see a couple of feet in front of you. Eventually, you all are guided down the stairs quietly by Van Wolda. She then leads you about... A hundred feet down this hallway, essentially, it is a featureless, completely black, blacked out hallway of just gray stone all around you. It's about 10 feet wide, about 10 feet tall, a square in the, the ground. It is freezing cold. There is no heat. There is no light. Eventually, she reaches a point and you watch and, and mostly hear her pull out of her bag a hooded lantern that she lights. And that glow lights up the area in front of you. And she says, Well, I think that went about as well as I could have hoped. Ready for the most boring walk of your life? Yes, please. Boring's really good. We've been ready for this for a while. We've been on some pretty boring walks, so. Yeah, I like boring. Okay. You spend the next Eight hours Oof. walking through cold, dark, gray stone, almost unending hallway. There are no exits. There are no side passages. There's a few places along the way in where you can see where parts of the wall has crumbled, whether it was due to age or something impacting or whatever it is. And every time you come across one of these... Van Wilde actually pulls out a notebook and makes a, a note about it. And she doesn't hide it, but you can see that the notation that she's using, it's a language you understand. She seems to be writing in common, and it's not a cipher. It's just her own personal way of notating where spots are. 
none of you can understand. And so it's, it's, you know that there's a rhyme and reason to it, but she just marks down where that spot is and you continue. She doesn't dissuade conversation, but she does continually ask if you talk. And I'm assuming Rory's telepathic bond might be cast at some point. Um, but she does continually ask for you to not make much noise. And she will, at one point when you stop for lunch, explain that you're essentially walking under the mountain range. You are inside the spine of the world. But it is eight hours of freezing, featureless, boring marching on hard, almost concrete. And then the door appears. At one point, Bernie says, let's play I Spy. <laughs> and Van Wolder says, if you, do you say that in the, in the I'm assuming oh, yeah. you have the, the very telepathic bond up. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you include Van Wolder? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. As long as you're in the telepathic bond, you will actually hear her like snort, sigh, and then say, you know, pretty much every time I take someone down here, someone says that at some point. You made it further than most. I'll say that. I just, you know, with my little eye, and I assume she's riding on Coco Snoot directly behind Shadow, and she's going to say something fuzzy. Anybody? <laughs> oh, it's the moss. Oh, there better not be moss. Did you see moss? And she pulls out her book. Is it Jonathan the Magic Muscular's head? It's been a it's been a little while since I had a had a nice shave. I- important question: Is Shadow in the Telbond? Yes. Is it me? It's your butt. <laughs> I've never won anything before except battles. Battles and butts. Battles and fuzzy butts. So yes, it's you do your best. The Telbond helps a lot, but yeah, it's a long walk, and then the door almost out of the darkness appears. It is only a door because the hallway ends and you see the seam. There's no handles. There's no filigree. There's no markings. There is nothing. There is just a dead end with a seam. And Van Wolde looks at all of you and says, in the, in the Telbon, she'll say, so I'm going to knock. Need y'all turn around so you don't see what I'm doing. I know you're going to hear it. And part of me trusting that you're not going to let anybody know is that you're, you're going to forget what I do. But I do need y'all to turn around. Travancore turns around immediately and he talks how to do the same. Bernie turns around. Jonathan the Magic Muscular turns around. Okay. Carlton as well. Awesome. You all turn around. She in the tailbun says, Thank you. Once you're inside... You're not going to be able to contact anybody on the outside. I know you got that sending thing. I know you got other ways of doing stuff, but you're going to be cut off. So just be prepared for that. And then after a pause, about 10 seconds, you hear her. She's not wearing gauntlets, as it were. She's she's kind of bundled up for uh, the winter, but not armored. But you hear a piece of metal strike stone and it strikes once. And then after a pause, it strikes two more times. And then there's like 30 seconds. And then it strikes three more times. And you think that third time might actually be in a different position than the first couple. And then there's another long pause, maybe about 20, 25 seconds. And then you hear this scraping noise. Like she's taken this piece of metal 
and is running it down the length of the stone. And it's almost that chalkboard noise. And then she hits it one more time. And almost as though that hit on the last time is some kind of final signal, you then hear, thunk. And in your head, she will say, you can turn around. And you turn around in time to see the split, the obvious crack in the door that is the only indication this is a door, parts left and right to open into the wall and reveal a chamber. And as she holds out a hand as though ushering you in somewhere, even though you see nobody in the chamber ahead, and she says, welcome to the Bastion of the Last Corruption. And that's where we'll pause. And the next time we get together, hey, you're finally in the place that Tempest has wanted you to be at for a while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Feels good, man. Wow. Oh, it took so long to get here. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, we tried. You weren't wrong about the you, the taking care of the Yugoloth was kind of the major thing, and this might have been just the uh, the last little bit. So next time we get together, you will be in the temple in the the Bastion of the Last Corruption. Uh, but until then, let me give you some experience for Klingon as Draconic, which I appreciated so quite a bit. Because yeah, I've Thank always you. pictured Draconic has a, a Klingon guttural bent. Yeah, to it. It, it's it's something that like a big ass creature. Who normally who can think in common, but it's like what it would sound like since it's huge and doesn't have lips. Yep. <laughs> None of this is affecting the, the quarterly review was <laughs> was quite funny. I liked that. I appreciated the last minute use of Mayo and the coming up with a with a plan that basically worked at the last minute. I'm gonna give you a total of nine thousand experience to split between the four of you and the next time we get together. It's a temple! It's one of the most secret places in the universe! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.